Welcome into an episode of Devils Talking Padres. Bobby and I will be back in person. It's just going to be momentarily for one episode as I'm taking a little pit stop on my way to Florida for my summer internship and figure we'd record this episode in person as the Padres just dropped another series at home to a very solid opponent in the Milwaukee Brewers, all three games. It was really close, but the Padres, who won game one, uh, dropped the next two games, only scoring one run in each of the games. Bobby, how are you doing, and what was your reaction to this series? I'm doing good, Dom. Good to be back talking Padres, but disappointing series, losing two out of three. Offense did not look good pretty much the entire series, only scoring three runs, one run, and then one run again. But pitching looked phenomenal. Brewers are a good team, so a disappointing series, but not the worst thing ever for this Padres team. Yeah, it just it's weird how bad the Padres' offense has been at home because they go on the road and they have several great performances against Atlanta and the Giants, and then they come back and just are awful. They scored two runs in regulation and then the winning run in the 10th inning in game one and then one run in the next two games. So a total of four runs in the first nine innings of the three games, and then you get that additional runner that starts on second base. I mean, it's pretty disappointing, and the Potters are paying way too much money for this offense to be this bad. And... I don't know how they're going to fix it because they have plenty of guys who are certainly like capable major leaguers, but they just have no power at all at the plate right now. And, of course, with Fernando Tatis Jr. out, the Padres knew that their lineup would be a weakness. We've been talking about that a lot throughout the season, but it's been a lot worse than expected. And, of course, the main points of this entire season has been the pitching staff, Manny Machado, and Eric Hosmer. And like you said, the two guys who are making money are the two guys who are playing well, but... The rest of the lineup has really just been struggling the entire year. Jake Cornworth has still been really underwhelming. I've been waiting for him to bounce back, but he really hasn't whatsoever. Luke Voigt has been pretty disappointed for this Padres team. Kim's not taking the the leap that we thought that he he would have with extended playing time. And then Nola's taken a drop-off as well. And really just a lot of these guys throughout this entire lineup have been very underwhelming. It seems like they're all being underwhelming at the same time, too. Hitting is contagious is a phrase that people will use oftentimes in baseball and that was definitely a phrase that uh i feel like fits the san diego padres team but i mean the brewers have a good pitching staff they're one of the more analytically sound teams in baseball and they throw out adrian hauser who's a pitcher that just gets batters to chase like mad and he was very good on monday and then tuesday reigning cy young award winner corbin burns was very good and then aaron ashby I believe the nephew, or he's got a relation to Andy Ashby, one of the best Padres pitchers. And that was pretty cool to see him pitch at Petco Park uh, in the same hometown that his, uh, his relative grew up in. And they were all able to really limit the Padres' bats. And it was really just one mistake from Craig Stammen, who hung a curveball after Blake Snell probably got extended a little bit too long, but Bob Melvin has remained pretty consistent. He's trying to get his starting pitching to pitch as much as possible. He trusts those arms, and he knows it's going to pay dividends. And you know what? If he's consistent with it, you kind of just got to live with the results and know that the starters are going to get the job done sometimes, and sometimes they're just going to allow some base hits. But to see both times the starters blow those games, they – I don't want to say blow it, but like they're the ones who surrendered the leads. It it was tough to watch, 
but you you got to trust the process. And Bob Melvin's done an impressive job with this team, so you kind of got to live with it. And you mentioned the Padres struggling to hit at home. Their home record this year is eleven and nine with a seventeen and seven record on the road, which is a thing you love to see with a great road record like that. And you expect them to pick it up at home as the season goes on. So that's one thing. Once the offense gets going, of course, Fernando's still around a month, just over a month away from returning. But yeah, I mean the. Padres were going against a lot of tough pitchers this series, like you said, with the Brewers. But the pitching staff looked really good. Snell was really the worst of the three, and he did fine. Five and a third, three earned runs, seven strikeouts. Not the best start ever, but close to a quality start. And with that being the worst start of the series, that's not a bad thing. And that's the second time we've seen Craig Salmon allow, I believe, a three-run homer to lose a game this year. The first one was obviously the walk-off we saw in Arizona on opening day. But... Yeah, the Brewers pitching staff just really carved us down, carved the Padres down. Burns was amazing, as I expect him to be. Hauser, who is an underrated pitch, pitcher on the staff that with Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, of course, Brandon Woodruff. He's the number four starter on this team, and he's a really good number four starter. Yeah, you, you can't hang your hat too much on the series. But, I mean, it's kind of showing good pitching is going to beat the San Diego Padres, especially at home. And the Padres have played a bunch of close games. They're able to take one of them, but dropped the other two and didn't put out much of a fight offensively in them. And the Padres certainly had their opportunities against Burns early, and then he got settled in and was just phenomenal. But, I mean, in fact of the matter is the Padres' bats have to step it up. The starters were good, and the bullpen was just it was just that Craig Stammen home run. And he comes in with two runners on in that spot. Snell looked like he got Christian Yelich to go around with one out. Uh, umpire signaled that he held up and... You saw on replay that was the wrong call. Yelich gets a hit, and Stamen's coming in in a different spot. Not saying he doesn't allow the home run, but you maybe pitch Taylor a little bit differently with two strikes if you have two outs because you're looking for the out instead of the double play. Just saying. I mean, that may be grasping at straws, but that inning was the difference in this game, and the Potters have gotten a lot of those breaks to go their way early on this year, and that's how they find themselves at 28 and 16 and just a couple of games behind the Dodgers now they they keep rolling but if you're the Padres you still got to like where you're at and I mean I don't really have anything else to talk about in that series I mean the bats struggled the starting pitching was good and the bullpen was dependable with the exception of that one Craig Stammen home run he's been really good on the air and of course we did see a clutch walk off by Jose Azokar in game one but for the rest of the series or pretty much that this entire series, including Game 1, besides the Zilkar's hit. The lineup was just not clutch whatsoever. 3 for 24th runners in scoring position. And that's just over a three-game series or just over any series. That is an awful number that you never want to see. The last two games, they did not get any hits with runners in scoring position. And it was just really hard to watch of this lineup. And hopefully they can uh, improve it when the Pittsburgh Pirates come to town. Pod just get a day off on Thursday. Hopefully you are listening to this podcast on the Potters Day Off. We thank you all for tuning in. Uh, make sure to follow or subscribe to Devil's Talking Potters on your preferred podcast platform. And when this series starts up, the Potters are going to begin a 31-game stretch in 31 days. They, of course, have a doubleheader eventually in there. This is, of course, a byproduct of the lockout and trying to finish the season in that same date. They had to add a couple of games later in the season, but... The Padres are going to get a lot of games here in these next 31 days. Uh, it's obviously tough, but almost every team in baseball 
has a stretch like this. I mean, you never see anything like this, but extreme circumstances with the MLB lockout have caused this. And fortunately, the Padres get a team that they probably feel like they can get off to a hot start against to begin the stretch against the Pirates. And with this stretch, which, like you said, I have in no baseball fan has really seen anything ever like this. I did not even know that until you just mentioned that, but this is going to be a, a, a tough task for the bullpen for the entire lineup. Some guys are going to get rest days. The bullpen's going to be worked hard. And like we've been talking about with Bob Melvin, he trusts our starting pitchers. He trusts the guys we have in our rotation to go deep in the games. And over this next month, that's going to be really big for this Padres team. Not letting teams get to the bullpen early because that will just gas them for the upcoming weeks. Yeah, looking at the standings, Padres a game and a half behind the Dodgers, and the Pirates come into the series eighteen and twenty-five, but they have the worst run differential in all of baseball, and it's actually not close. At negative eighty-three, there is no team within ten runs of their run differential. So basically, they're winning close games and they're getting killed, which is kind of the opposite of the Padres, who are twelve games above five hundred but have a plus twenty-six run differential. The Padres. They were able to take two out of three from Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, and as so long as they are able to handle business here, I think they should uh, definitely be able to get a series win here, and hopefully the Potters can turn around their offensive struggles at home against a very lackluster pitching staff. And before we do talk about the, the Pirates series, just taking a quick look at the stand-ins and the rounder for until you're talking about Padres just lost a series two out of three, still only, only a game and a half behind the Dodgers. Like you said, a 20, plus 26 run differential. Only a game and a half. Dodgers run differentials plus 101. That just shows, of course, how good the, this Dodgers team is and how the close the Padres are to them in the standings, yet so far behind. And, I mean, all that matters is the teams are getting the winner or the loss. And, you know, it points to unsustainability, which is very valid. But if you can keep doing it, then you can keep doing it. So the Padres are going to try and keep doing that. Padres starters for this series, these are, of course, not announced, but just uh, what we can line up. Sean Manaya going in game one. Joe Musgrove pitching against his former team in game number two. And then Mackenzie Gore wrapping up the homestand in game number three. Padres going to get two left-handed arms and two of their best arms in the series. And then Sean Manaya, I mean, definitely better than the pitchers that the Pittsburgh Pirates can be rolling out. I mean, I'd expect some quality starts here from the, from the Padres pitching staff. And for this Padres stuff, I pretty much say this every single time we set, we talk about this because I just like this rotation top to bottom. Shaman I started in the first game. His last few starts, he hasn't looked amazing. He's allowed four, three, and three earned runs respectively, respectively in each of his last three. But he's still going six, seven, six innings. He's still going deep in the games as Melvin trusts him and the rest of these starting pitchers. But he's allowed four home runs in his last three starts. He's getting hit per, pretty hard. A lot of not too many hits, but. Getting hit hard with home runs. His strikeout numbers are still looking solid, but his ERA 4.04 on the season with a 1.12 whip, which makes that look better. Joe Musgrove, which I'll continue to say this until the Padres lose a start by Joe Musgrove. 8-0 when he starts. Of course, all Padres fans know. 8 for 8 in quality starts. And he just went 7 shutout against the Giants in San Francisco in his last start. So he looked really good. And Mackenzie Gore, still early in the season, but... All MLB fans will really look at it and say that he has to be the front runner for Rookie of the Year. Still does not matter yet because it's early, but 2.06 ERA, and he's just been looking phenomenal. His last two starts, six, in, six innings, one run, three innings shutout, five innings, 
three runs. He's been looking really good for this Padres lineup. Or sorry, for this Padres rotation. And I did not think he would come out like this. I know the Padres waited for him for a while until he's ready. And wow, he's looked ready to be in the league. It's he and Say Suzuki at the top of that NL Rookie of the Year race. And Gore, I mean, he's playing on the winning team. So that's, of course, going to put more eyes on him. And Suzuki's obviously drawn a lot of attention coming over from Japan. And he's certainly lived up to the hype, but so has Mackenzie Gore. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're going to throw out Jose Quintana, longtime veteran. He's ha- he's off to a good start this year. 40 innings, 2.43 ERA. Game number two is going to be JT Brubaker. Not off to as good of a start. 42 innings and a 4.64 ERA. And then Rolanzi Contreras, 12 innings, 2.13 ERA. These are some of the best pitchers this team has got. So the Padres, you know, for what it's worth, are getting as strong as the Pirates are going to be throwing out there. But Contreras has mostly been out of the bullpen. He's pitched in four games, has made just one start, while Quintana and Brubaker both lead the Pirates in starts. Eight for Quintana, nine for Brubaker. These are some of the best guys the Pirates got. And the Potters are going to have the advantage in their in their starts. And with Contreras, young twenty two year old from the Dominican, three of his four starts, like you said, he's been in the bullpen. Three of his four appearances, he's been looking really good. He just had a poor appearance in his first appearance of the season. But Brubaker four point six four ERA hasn't been looking too great. But his last start, six innings, zero earned runs, and five hits, and six and two thirds. So he looked pretty good. And the entire month of May, he's looked a lot better than he did in April, where he really struggled. And then Jose Quintana having a really good bounce-back season, 2.43 RA. Strikeout numbers have dropped for him, only 34 and 40 innings, 15 walks in those 40 and two-thirds innings, should I say. But he's been looking really good this year as the Pirates ace. And the Pirates, they have a promising pitching staff. Lineup is falling a little bit behind. And it'll be interesting to see if the Padres can attack these guys in the bullpen. David Bednar has been a fantastic closer. He, of course, went over in the trade for Joe Musgrove. He, he's holding it down for them. 23 innings, .78 ERA, and 30 strikeouts. And that .78 ERA would be even lower if Manny Machado did not hit a two-run home run off him in Pittsburgh. Will Crow came over in the Josh Bell trade a couple of years ago. 26 innings pitch, 2.42 ERA. And then a couple other relievers are, are looking solid. Chase DeYoung. 18 innings, 2 ERA, but a 5.18 FIP certainly has some underlying numbers to that. Bo Solcer, 3.72 ERA in 9 and 2 thirds innings. Dwayne Underwood Jr., 3.38 ERA in 8 innings pitched. So you can see the, their pitching staff is holding its own for the most part, and then it's their offense that falls behind. And the Padres, they, they got to make sure to capitalize against this pitching staff because the offense has not looked great. For either of these teams, they're probably going to be some tight games, but if the Potters' bats can break out at home, that would certainly be encouraging going into this long stretch. And in this, in the Potters' last series, when they put in Pittsburgh, they won two out of three. Only loss was on a walk-off, but just looking at some injuries for this team, Jake Marisnik, former Padre, he, of course, he will not be playing in this series due to his injury. Kevin Newman has been out for a while. He's on a six-day IL. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the lineup, you look at it, and they, they don't really have any strengths. Daniel Vogelbach is one of their best hitters, but he's currently on the injured list. And another one of their better hitters, Roberto Perez, also on the injured list. He, of course, is a very talented catcher. So for them, it's Yoshi Satsugo, who is not off to a good start in his major league career. Key Brian Hayes, one of their best players, 
Ben Gamble off to a good start. And then Brian Reynolds, who is having a little bit of a letdown year after a really strong year. Then Michael Chavis, who can kind of play all around the infield. They're going to mix and match him with Josh Van Meter, also Yoshi Satsugo. And the catching, it's going to be filled in by Michael Perez and Andrew Knapp, and neither of them are doing anything at the plate. So you look at it, this definitely serves as a chance for the Padres pitching staff to have another dominant series and continue to gain confidence and uh, just dominate. And with this Pirates lineup, like you said, a pretty weak lineup. Cabrera Hayes is one of the most electric players on this team. Not really any power from him at all. He has zero home runs in the year, but 11 doubles, 708 OPS. And Michael Chavis, like you said, great utility player. Not a lot of the guys on this team are big power threats. Daniel Vogelbach is leading the team with six home runs, and two other guys have five home runs. But Padres pitching staff in this series with Musgrove, Manaya, and Gore should be able to shut them down. Yeah, and this is a series that lines up well for the Padres, getting a team that's not playing great baseball at home. Chance for the Padres to rebound. I'm looking for the Padres to certainly win the series. And, you know, it's another one of those series where you don't look at too many series and say, the Padres can certainly sweep this. And I think this this lines up as one of those series where, you know, the Padres can reasonably get a series sweep. Of course it's hard to ask for a sweep, but the Padres have to win two out of three here. Nothing other than that will Padres fans take. Losing the series would be really disappointing. Back at home, we're still at home against a weak Pirates team. Two out of three is the bare minimum, and a sweep would be awesome. Yeah, and the Padres, they, they're yet to lose a road trip or a homestand. After losing the series against Pittsburgh, they're going to need to sweep the Pirates to win the homestand, and a, a series victory will result in a homestand split, and a lost series will, of course, result in a lost homestand. You got anything else you want to add? Uh, just take the series, two out of three at least, and let's get the offense going. Yeah, that's certainly what the Potters are going to be hoping for. We thank you all for listening to Devil's Talking Potters. Make sure to find Bobby and I on Twitter. You can find me at DMster19. You can find Bobby at Bob Murphy 2000 on Twitter. We're, of course, always giving our sports takes, Padres, and other sports related. And, of course, this is an East Village Times podcast. Make sure to check us out at eastvillagetimes.com and follow us on Twitter at EVT underscore news so you don't miss anything San Diego sports related. That's going to wrap up this podcast. Bobby and I will come back to you after this upcoming series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not sure in what format because I will just be wrapping up my trip across the country. I'll be in Florida by the time this series ends. And hopefully I'll be uh, finishing up my car ride to a Padres series and just, I mean, even a game win. So thank you all for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Go Padres.